Hello, and welcome to Critical Support, your source for heavily caveated, highly conditional, completely correct takes on basically anything. Uh, this episode is going to be a little bit different. As you uh, might be able to tell, it is just me doing this intro. Um, uh, Gabe, Preston, and Teresa will be there for the rest of the episode, but for the moment, just me. Uh, this episode was recorded at different times. Uh, one was about half of it was recorded couple months ago uh, just as we were getting the podcast up and going again the other half was recorded about a year before that actually it was uh, a good section of our initial pilot episode that we recorded um, as we were deciding whether or not this podcast thing would be fun to do and whatnot yeah so we've cut it together and yeah enjoy Loki's trying to keep the But the damage is too severe. Bring in the cadaver. Sit and go. Bring in the cadaver. Sit and go. So to start things off, critical support for. Mr. Rogers. Mm. I think this was yours, Teresa, if you remember. <laughs> a preliminary defense. I don't really. <laughs> it's just, just like a shooting from the hip, hot take. <laughs> Bam! Like, he was so sweet and adorable. What do we... Is there any cause to be critical? Why not uncritical support? I mean, you could be critical for him... Um, taking the leading role in developing the, like, liberal elite state TV apparatus. <laughs> did he do that in some meaningful way? He yeah, actually I mean, did. He really? pretty much single-handedly saved PBS. From? Budget cuts. Like, by lobbying or by being something that people watched? By, well, at, yeah, at, at a public um, testimony. Uh, he testified before Congress. And oh. And basically single-handedly save PBS. When was this? In the 60s. Oh, wow. But I'm just saying from the super sectarian, uh, like, devil's advocate position, I actually support PBS in general. So Yeah, I, I feel like it's good to support public television. It tends to be on, on the good side of things. I don't know, Jacob, you've been so quiet about yeah, Mr. Rogers. Well, I, I, I don't have a strong opinion on Mr. Rogers, to be completely honest. I, I, I feel that none of us actually have a very strong opinion <laughs> I, on Mr. Rogers. Yeah, and I, so, I mean, critical support for Sure. Critical yeah. support I, for I, Mr. I, Rogers. The support is, is critical that, because it's so sentimental. People cry when they think about him. And so it's just like, oh, it's, it's, it's like the documentary. If you watch a documentary about I wasn't even really into Mr. Rogers, but like I watched a documentary about Mr. Rogers. Definitely almost cried a couple times. And I'm sure some other people did cry, so... Okay, I'm not sure how that's relevant. Not what's relevant. Okay. Um, so, do we, we want to say we are offering our critical support to Mr. Rogers and we should move on? Agreed. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, we, yes, okay anyway. Off the record here. <laughs> off the record. We don't have to go in this order. No, we don't. So... Um, I could also just... Uh, like alternate as I go because I yeah. feel like because I know which ones we all yeah, yeah. entered let's yeah, do that yeah. me because I didn't enter any because right. I have no imagination <laughs> when under pressure um, 
<laughs> Anyways, okay. So uh, I think I'm going to go with Big Dick Energy next. Time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be all you it. give. Okay, so now we are recording again, so Kay. you have to introduce this. Um, okay, so moving on from Mr. Rogers, to whom we are offering critical support. Um, the next item is critical support for Big Dick Energy. Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not familiar with... Uh, Big Dick Energy, or, or BDE, as it is, as it is more commonly referred to. Uh, someone has, like, um, B- someone has BDE if they're like, if they're like super awesome and you and you like support them. So like, if we had critical support for someone, but more than just like, oh yeah, I agree with their politics, but also they're like, fucking awesome. And I respect them a lot. Then they have big dick energy. Is that your interpretation of big, or is that how it is in how how it is commonly used? It's how it is commonly used. Really? Yeah, not like okay. for like super. I mean, I'm sure some. It's not like super machismo frat boys. That's not big dick energy. So is it like? Is there a? Is there small dick energy for like assholes that you? Uh, I don't know. Like chode energy? Is that, is that what you're thinking? <laughs> so guys that like buy really big cars to compensate yeah. or whatever. But also or like women. Nuts or like. Non-binary people. Anyone can have big dick energy. Right? Oh, okay. As far as the concept is used. So like, um, you know, like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, big dick energy. You know, like uh, Hugo Chavez, big dick energy. <laughs> <laughs> you are really making claims here. <laughs> we have so not talked good? about this before. So wait. No, let's hold this claim to everyone. Okay. No, but so wait, I, I, point of clarification. Is it like, because you prefaced it that somebody you think is really awesome, but like, okay, is so it someone, somebody that, ju- is it somebody necessarily that you think is really awesome or could it just be somebody that, pr- that like is kind of badass? Uh, yeah, like, does Chuck Norris have big dick energy? Because, like, he's a badass, but he's also a reactionary, so... Yeah, see, the reactionary would take away the big dick energy. So is, oh, okay. is big dick energy a politically bound term? Yes. Like, is this used You have to be by... left to have big dick energy. No, see, I, I, I'm, like, 100% sure that's not... or not. A, I'm, I'm mostly sure that that's not actually the case as the, the term in common usage. So I, I, I don't know how to judge this. Like, I feel like you're just saying it as a synonym for people you think are cool. <laughs> At which point, we are offering critical support to people Gabe thinks are cool. Right. Which, which is... Yeah, I, I, I mean, can get on board with that. That's fine, but that's not a discussion. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's sort of like a... It's, there's a transitive property of cool. We think Gabe is cool, hence everyone we Gabe thinks is cool, we kind of think it's, it's a little cool. You can offer critical support... For the people Gabe thinks are cool. <laughs> but it's like, I, I, I do wonder if there's, like, the, the term strikes me uh, as, on the face of it, a little problematic just because, like, this idea that right. large genitalia is, is a sort of gender normative uh, idea. And it, it, it's a bit, um, that's not even the right way of putting that. Um, <clears throat> that it's a positive characteristic that should be aspired to. Is yeah, like a, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's highly it, problematic. It is not <laughs> that different than saying than talking about like like the ideal female body that you know everyone critiques in the media of saying like that's not an ideal we should hold up that's not realistic everyone's beautiful whatever. 
Um, but, yeah, so where... Uh, I, do, we, do we know where this term came from? Do you, do you have any idea? I like, have only heard it from Chapa Trap House. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so this is, okay. Mandatory oh. shout out to Chapa Trap House, apparently. <laughs> Accomplished for this episode of Critical Support. Yep. We're, we're off to a flaming start, everybody. <laughs> That's funny because I'd, I'd only heard it um, in semi-facetious reference to Pete Davidson. To Pete Davidson, mm. who is actually politically somewhat terrible. He's he's if, um, if you've seen the uh, the t- the tattoo of Hillary Clinton, that's his tattoo. Um, like it, it was made, it was on all the like the the curse liberal images, meme pages type oh, things God. for a while. Um, yeah, he has a literal tattoo of. Hillary Clinton. Oh, wow. All right. It's, well, this topic really is bad. clearly a failure. So we should move on to <laughs> so the next I, one. So, what it, we we have to decide: like, are are we are 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 we giving critical support to big dick energy? Yes, I would say we are. On, with the on, caveat, or I am. I give critical support to big dick energy with the caveat that you uh, put forward. Okay. So you're saying that the the origin of the term. Uh, is whatever it is, but because we are going to insist on using it as a synonym for people who gave things are cool, yes, um, we are <laughs> going to offer uh, our critical support to Big Dick Energy. Oh my so. god, the tattoo thing is real. <laughs> no, it's terrible. Isn't that? Oh awful? my god. Oh Jesus. I I I would support that. Okay, Preston, are you in agreement? <sighs> Big Dick Energy. Yes. Fine. Yes, I am. Okay. So, um, I think the next one we're going to look at is critical support for air conditioning. <laughs> do we uh, do we have arguments for or against? Okay, I put that one forward. Um, the argument for is that it's really fucking nice when it's super hot and you live in a hot location. The argument against is the fucking environment. It's As in good. protecting the environment yeah. from everyone's air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Part of carbon emissions and whatnot. Yeah, the heat does have to go somewhere. <clears throat> I mean, does this stick out to, like, the broader issue of, like, people living in unfathomably hot places? Like, why is Phoenix a thing? Or why <laughs> is, you know, like, why do people live there if people can't just handle temperature? Like, is that a factor in why we might not support air conditioning? Or... But that's also, I mean, that's not just places like Phoenix that we can say, like, hey, all those people, they didn't live in Phoenix 100 years ago. They should just not live in Phoenix. But you're also talking about, like, the entire Ganges River Valley for half of the year. Yeah, okay, fair. Um, where people will, like, go and hang out in malls because it's air-conditioned. Yeah. Um, Same in Indonesia as well. That's yeah. a thing. Like, mm-hmm. they build malls so you can hang out in them. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I I feel like the reason this is on the list even is that no one has air conditioning in Seattle. <laughs> that means for two months out of the year, you're just miserable all of the time, right? Because it's 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 just like eighty five plus degrees, and we're from Seattle, so we hate that. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, should uh, would would do do we think like this might be a tangent that we don't want to pursue, but like, would we want AC? widely implemented in in um in uh in seattle there's no reason for it i mean it's just like excessive and kind of wasteful you know but then you're sticky for two months (laughs) (laughs) i really 
I really dislike being sticky. <laughs> <laughs> I've never I've never lived somewhere with AC, but I would kind of like to. Hmm. I think there's a difference between for me. There's a difference between like make it not like make me not suffer, and like oh my god, it's cold. <laughs> like there's different levels of AC. Um, can you have green AC? Is that possible? You can have less AC. You can have AC that's not like. <laughs> you just. Have... I mean, like okay. bring bring me down from like eighty five to like seventy eight. Seventy eight would be livable. So like poorly functioning AC would be less environmentally. Not not bad. poorly functioning, but like like only like a small AC unit for how big your your place is. Oh, okay. For example, AC is only bad environmentally because it takes a lot of electricity, right? No, uh, it 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 emits. Uh, Shit into the air and rain. how does how does AC work? Do we know how AC works? Uh, actually, we have a fluid dyna- uh, We have a aeronautics dynamicist in the other room. Aeronautics is planes, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but that means he has to deal with fluids and and their heat and their pressure and things. He could tell us. That's um, right. I'm not sure that's relevant. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not as relevant as it needs to be. Basically, what happens is the heat, because the heat gets, the heat has to go somewhere. So if enough people are using AC and the buildings are big enough, all this heat is going outside, which makes the outside hotter, which means all it's of those ACs need to work it. harder. And I see. It's That's not just it. that, though. I think it, it, it does emit carbon into the atmosphere. There's some process, in the refrigerant chemicals or something like that. Well, in older AC systems, yeah, like CFCs and things like uh-huh. that are, are involved. Um, those did get regulated out, but it's still not great. But yeah, there. I mean, even that aside, like just the physics phenomena of there is now more heat outside means yeah. all of those AC units are working even harder. Plus, you know, like trees and shit and birds and, you know, whatever the hell is outside is now dealing with something even okay. hotter, like noticeably hotter. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm 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 leaning toward not giving critical support to air conditioning, in this case. Mm, like oh, in the Seattle case. Um, I mean, I think in in the majority of cases, like, I think that there's larger systemic ways of addressing the problems of like global warming and shit yeah. uh, <laughs> implementing global air conditioning <laughs> not, I mean we are tra- we are gonna try that <laughs> apparently we're gonna try it it's more it's easier to think about shooting dust into the air than ending capitalism so that was like a thing like scientists have released this idea that they're gonna eject particles into the air oh, to right. block the sun I totally heard about ultimate that. air conditioning Right, yeah, just, like, doing on purpose what killed the dinosaurs, isn't that? More or less, (laughs) but just a little bit. So so we spent, like, (laughs) half a century in, like, paranoid fear of nuclear war in this, like, nuclear winter scenario, and we're we're finally past where we don't really have to worry about that every day, but now we're just going to do the same thing, (laughs) because it turns out that we fucked up the world too bad anyways. (laughs) That's interesting. It's like Um, steering into the skid, you know? It's like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. Um, so, yes or no, is critical support. Uh, I'm going to go no. I'm yeah. with Jacob on this one. Um, yeah, I'm a no. Uh, I'm a no for, for Seattle only, but worldwide, in general, I'd say yes. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I'm not sure how that would work, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Shrug. Okay, so, let's see. What do we... Um, about 
Critical support for Seattle Municipal Fuck Palace. This one comes to us from comedian Brent Hamill, but also um, this idea that, well, eh, whenever we approach the glorious revolution in uh, Seattle, what are we going to do with the Bezos balls? Um, For those of you who are listening, all three of you uh, (laughs) who don't know what the Bezos balls are, um, they are giant glass spheres. I try not to use the word balls in which uh, terrariums are, have been planted. So there's lots of trees that don't belong in Seattle that are in there that are theme- that are from the Amazon because it was built by Amazon, which <laughs> is owned by Jeff Bezos. Wait, is that really why they moved those plants there? Is, that, is it like a, a, is it a rainforest-themed? Yes, yes it is. It there is oh, a rainforest man. in the Bezos balls. I thought it was just like random exotic plants because they like wasting money. I didn't realize no, it was... I mean, that's part of Amazon. it. Oh, man. That's that's wow. even worse than I thought. It's a pun. Yeah, yeah it's basically one giant pun one giant in Bezos' balls. Wow, that's... <laughs> so, anyway, the, the great question <laughs> is, what are we going to do with them? Because clearly that's wasteful. Um, there's also meeting space in there, I guess, but okay. There's also an extremely expensive restaurant. Wait, really? Yeah, inside one of them where the cocktails are like... $25 uh-huh, or cocktails, more. Cocktails, uh-huh. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, the question is, what are the, the question posed, I believe, by Brett Hamill is, what are we going to do with the Amazon Sphere's uh, Bezos balls after the revolution? One uh, possibility he put forward was a municipal fuck palace, um, or a, a I don't remember his exact phrasing. No, it was, his exact phrasing was a Seattle Municipal Fuck Palace. Really? Okay. I, I believe thought, so. I thought maybe we had made that up. But oh, no. wait, no, wait, no. We had made, no, you had made that one up, but it was, be, oh, no, right. His original term was like a you just pub, say fuck palace publicly owned orgy room or something, and you just turned that into no, Municipal I, Fuck Palace. I, 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 I don't think I made up Fuck Palace. I'm going to look this up now, because we are... <laughs> probably um, breaking copyright law <laughs> 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 or something. We are we are we, we are, are stealing a joke or arguing about no, whether no, we are stealing. No, that's not. Jokes are free. Jokes want to be free. Jake I don't know. Me. Like comedians get all down each other's throat about like stealing who, like, jokes. Yeah. Well, we lo- uh, you're cool, Brett Hamill. So <laughs> for if if you're listening, we're giving you free uh, um, advertising. Free advertising. Yeah. Attack, attack, uh, you know, attend his cool stuff. Um. Anyways, it it's not really that significant. Uh, the distinction that we're drawing. Um, that I'm not going to be able to resolve super quickly. Um, but so one one idea is a Seattle municipal fuck palace. Um, which I think I'm in critical support for. Um, I think it'd be a great use. It's centrally located, especially if we had a better mass transportation system. It'd be easier for everyone to access. Um. Seattle doesn't have a fuck palace. <laughs> it's large. It's glass. You could see what was going on. You could like decide beforehand whether you wanted to be a part of what was going on. If it's like hot and steamy and like <laughs> jungle atmosphere, that would just add to all of it. Um, I've never been inside the Bezos balls. I I have no idea what it's actually like. Um, and yeah, I I think that like I mean the revolution is going to have uh, will be sex positive. So um, I think it's important. Uh, yeah, I, it could be cool, but it also is sort of interesting that it would be, like, a publicly owned orgy space. Um, 
like that's just wild to me. Like it's like we we have reached full Black Rock City because uh, <laughs> they act like that's a thing um, at what Burning is, Man. Um, at Burning Man, there is a tent that's basically that. It's basically the municipal fuck tent of uh. Black Rock City. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and, and, and yeah, I don't know how much we should be cribbing ideas from what is now like an anarcho-capitalist world down in Black Rock City. Well, but I don't think that's what's wrong with what they're doing. Like, no. publicly owned place that people can go and have sex with each other. That's not what's wrong with Burning Man. <laughs> like, <laughs> also, fair. it's not publicly owned. It's it's in it's a part of Burning Man. Right. So yeah, it's, yeah, of course. It's, right. it's publicly accessible if you've already paid bought a ticket to Burning Man. A thousand dollars to get in there, not to mention just for the ticket, not to mention all the other shit you need. So is that a no from uh, <coughs> Preston? Um just just uh just want to suss out the ideas. I think in general it's it's uh, I'll support it. So an especially critical support. Um, no, I just wanted to make sure we got the critical side of the support mm, in okay, here. Okay. So, crit- but yes, critical support. Mm. <clears throat> so I have been in Bezos balls, and <laughs> <laughs> and I would say it's pretty cool, but it's not very cozy. It's very like uh, lots of sort of cement and wood. So it wouldn't really work that well as is. We would definitely need to like throw some rugs down, some a lot of pillows, um, make sure we have music. all the accoutrements. So, all um, the tools. yeah, under those conditions, yeah, I would support it. Mm. So, having spent an expensive, an extensive amount of time at Club Z, which is sort of the Seattle. Uh, private fuck palace, <laughs> uh, not municipally owned. <laughs> you know, it, it, I, I, I'm sort of imagining the Bezos balls like a like any gay bathhouse, except except like you know like rainforest themed, which frankly sounds awesome because like Club Z is pretty dark. It's pretty, like, gloomy. It's pretty creepy. But see, it would be dark, gloomy, and creepy with the forest. So it's like it's like. Blair Witch Project. <laughs> but it's a rainforest. Yeah. There's, uh, yeah, maybe there's piranhas in the water. I don't know. <laughs> right, okay, so assuming that there's no jaguars or piranhas <laughs> <laughs> running around the fuck an- Those are anti-big dick energy. Assuming that there's no piranhas, <laughs> critical support for the Seattle Municipal Fuck Palace. Yeah. So I think we are in agreement. <laughs> Cool. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Critical support for butter. <laughs> not not unrelated necessarily. <laughs> Ew. No. I thought it was about like sheepskin condoms. You want to use butter? <laughs> no. Wait, are those a thing? Yeah, those are things. Oh, yeah. That's the OG what? condom. Really? That's what yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man. That's they're good if you have a latex allergy. Okay. They also aren't good for stopping STDs. So yes, and they're less effective. Than so they're latex. they're somewhat permeable. Mm. Yeah, they're semi permeable. Okay. At that point, is it better to just use the pullout method? I mean, it depends on what your what your goal what, is. Yeah, it depends on what you're defending from. I guess. Uh, anyways, so I believe butter was your addition to the list, Ressa. I assume this is not <laughs> what you had. <laughs> yeah. So I was not thinking of butter in any sexual sense. I was thinking of 
butter in its culinary sense <laughs> as a delicious food that I am in full support of personally. However, I just wanted to raise it as a somewhat controversial food item, both for health reasons and if you are vegan. Right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in full agreement on the um, butter is delicious thing. Um, literally every food is improved by butter. Have um, you tried that? I can't think of anything where it wouldn't be true. Yeah. And almost mm. any food that you think of that's, like, really, really good, it's because it has butter in it. I guess, yeah, like ice cream while well, there's just milk it's fat. Just, it's just yeah. milk fat. Yeah. Milk fat is delicious. Right. It is. Uh, what butter is, right? Okay, pop rocks. What are, what are pop rocks? <laughs> what butter Wait, make whoa. pop rocks better? Wait, what? You don't I, know I, what I don't pop know. rocks are? Not really. They're like a sweet tart candy that explodes in your mouth. That sounds terrible. Why, why would you eat that? Because <laughs> they're fun, Jacob. And you're saying that, but like kind of creamy and savory like if wouldn't you just, be better? Like, a mainline like poured butter. pop rocks into melted butter and ate it. Would that be better? That sounds dangerous. I mean, <laughs> it would pop. I mean, you well, could put it. You could put it on like softened butter and then put it in your mouth. Oh god. Yeah. And, see, that sounds terrible. But, it, but you know what? <laughs> pop rocks sound gross. It's not butter. Butter is not at fault in this. <laughs> You're not making Pop Rocks better. You're making butter worse. <laughs> Anyhow, what I was, the point I was actually trying to get to, the, 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 the critical in the critical support, was that, that, yeah, like the dairy industry is terrible and they're, they're, they're just as bad as the meat industry and it makes me uh, deeply hypocritical for being a vegetarian but not a vegan. Um, but... Uh, there's no reason it has to be like people have been doing dairy. People have been raising various animals for their dairy products for a very, very long time. And it is the sort of the industrialization of this under capitalism that it creates the heinous problems that you actually see. And unless you are, um, uh, some sort of like idea that it is morally wrong to, um, farm animals or something, uh, you wouldn't have a problem with that. So I think that critical support for butter implies that butter is somewhat problematic in its current state, but is also really great and wouldn't necessarily be problematic, um, you know, in a future revolutionary society. Yeah, I, I can get on board with that. That makes sense mm-hmm. to me. There you go. So, so we're okay, going to critical yeah. support for butter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, Perfect. I, even with Don't pop rocks, <laughs> no, I think that's a terrible idea. Pop <laughs> <laughs> rocks and butter is disgusting, but they're not meant to be together. You know, it's yeah, just, it's just immoral. They're, they're and, ships in the night. Yeah, an like, act of sinning against the Lord and Savior to mix pop rocks and butter. So. <laughs> our, our Lord and Savior, butter. <laughs> yeah, our Lord and Savior. <laughs> You're literally committing blasphemy by trying to put pop rocks on butter. And or I'll butter hot take rocks. even that I think butter is actually one of the healthiest fats. I agree that you can use for cooking. It is, or for any food. Okay, that's a whole other debate. That's a whole other. No, it is. I but I'm totally with you there. Yes. I, High five to get. Um, I feel like there's I, so much saturated fat. I have it on good authority. Saturated fat that is saturated good for you. Fat, that that it's the opposite of that is true. <laughs> <laughs> this is why butter is a good topic. No, it's but the problem is, I would need to have my uh, sister, the uh, qualified nutritionist here, to tell us why saturated no, fat is bad. No, but when was she educated? She like is like two years ago. 
she can that's be outdated up, though it's that's outdated completely out of date yeah. sure okay I um, at Christmas I will bring this up and then sneak you out keep, of the room you keep you, threatening and this and then I keep forgetting about it now that we've recorded this I will remember I'll remember to get my articles ready <laughs> I'm sure. Ter- 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 this is reminding me, Teresa's like the vaccine mom right now. I'm like, I have it on good authority. I, I am not anti-vax. Just no, so no but it's it, that, but butter. <laughs> I, I'm only pro-vax, but as long as I'm putting butter into my veins with a syringe, that's the only kind of vaccine I support. <laughs> so... Gabe is part cow. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by the butter industry. <laughs> what is Put it in a syringe and stick it in your face. <laughs> what does butter vaccinate you against? <laughs> Mad cow disease? <laughs> he being thin? <laughs> <laughs> Vaccinates you against heart attacks. <laughs> like, like how vaccines give you like a little bit of the same. <laughs> right. You get a little bit of a heart attack. So that once it actually happens to you, you're, you're used to it, you know? So, so you, can, body, you, can, you can power through it. Your body has developed the antibodies to fight a heart attack at that point. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I feel Preston has lost it completely, and we have exhausted this topic. So... I believe we're all in agreement. Critical support for butter. You're here. My topic is critical support for dating outside of your political tendency. Do you want to introduce this for us? Yes, yes, or I can. Or preface this in some way. I will. I will preface. Try this. not to sound like a complete crazy person. I, no, no, no. <laughs> look, it's. Uh, I'm not advocating that one should only date inside the political tendency, but I am saying like you could also date someone who's just not a political person, right? So there's sort of three. If we oh, wanted, okay. to, if you wanted to cut up dating outside, dating in terms of political realm, right? right. You say in your tendency, out of your tendency, and then to kind of apolitical like or your relationship is not very political okay sure so i'm saying like that middle bucket which some people might avoid i think we should critically support really yes and i think we should critically support it because one it can be fun (laughs) two it really makes you verify what your political ideas are because boning is on the line (laughs) if you've ever cock blocked yourself making a political argument that's how you know you believe your political argument. <laughs> okay. Three, and more seriously, I think it's important to build connections and be non-sectarian uh, in, many of the, in many of our spheres, including in our personal lives. And I think it's important to build relationships across tendencies right. with tendencies that one can work with. Um, and so I think it is good to build relationships, both personal and intimate. So. Right. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. Now, there, on an individual level, there might be people who, like, you know, I know many people who would struggle to date someone who they have political conflict with because they're just very convinced, like, oh, you're wrong, and so I can't date you. And it's like, there's some people like that. But I think broadly, I think it's, it's a thing we should support dating outside of your political tendency.
Within within the left broadly, or I intended it as within the left. Although if we wanted to get weird with it, we could go any political tendency. Um, but yeah. I think I'm generally saying within the I left. I think you should and not date people on the right unless you are intentionally dating them with the goal of making them a leftist. Because that <laughs> is like that seems just like a really bad idea. It's it's a terrible idea. Uh, if you if you're like clear headed about it and committed to it fucking go for it but i'm just like some far right person just just leave them like don't fucking that you are hurting you are only hurting yourself by yeah. dating a right winger yeah you know i mean to use like a, a pop culture example of that like apparently john oliver's wife is is a republican and you know no matter your perceptions of john oliver like that's still kind of weird and a thing to to note and and think is interesting um, it's unclear if the relationship is or is not political. So, you know, maybe that would fall into the non-political category of relationships just because it would be so difficult to have a political relationship. But I think I agree with Gabe's focusing. We should focus in on, like, you know, broadly within the left. So, you know, if... Right. Because if, we're, not, we're not talking about dating right-wingers. We're not talking about dating centrists. We're not going to talk about, like, Rosario Dawson and Cory Booker. This is just, like, other people who we have generally agree but have, you know, sharp intra-left disagreements with. Yes, exactly. Okay. So, like, you know, maybe, you know, disagreements over talking about the Democratic Party or disagreements over identity politics or things like that. Things that are, like, things to discuss and things we need to have serious conversation about but are, you know, not necessarily deal breakers when dealing with the left broadly. Okay. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm advocating critical support mm -hmm. for building for uh, relationships and, incidentally, intimate relationships um, as, a, as a positive thing uh, for the international proletarian struggle. Okay. Do we have any other opinions on this subject? I might just say, honestly, in some ways, it's probably better. Like, if you're... If, if everyone within an organization is only dating each other, that's probably a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It means your organization is... Probably a little too culty if there's no people in the organization who are dating people outside the organization. You know, that just sounds like a mess. That sounds like a lot of drama. Like, right. not again. I think it's great to date people in your organization, but if if that's the only option, your organization yeah. is a cult. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But I think if that's perceived as the only option. You have other problems. Right. right. But, but that's why I introduced... even if it's just absolutely like. Ubiquitous. Ubiquitous, right. yeah. Even if it's not, like, a rule or if it's just, like, if it just feels like that's your only option and you're like, I could never date outside of this pool of people. Like, that is, that's like the don't shit where you sleep kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, like, it's, of course, if you're in love with someone and they're in your organization, date them. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But no. don't, but that shouldn't be the rule that you have to date you well, know. well, no, no, but see, that's why I introduced that third bucket because it's something to contrast uh, than the culty answer. That would be the cult answer, which is like you can only date on the left and you can't date outside your tendency, so therefore you have to date in your org. What I'm saying is like there's also the option to just date someone who's not political or date someone who's less political or maybe in a is like maybe political but not in a tendency, right? Like, you know, so I'm arg arguing. Well, it's my situation. I mean, I'm dating someone who's on the left and has opinions and cares about all these things, but isn't active or involved in anything or wouldn't consider themselves a member of any specific tendency. Right. So that's so, that's cool. And obviously, that's, I think that's fine. Right. <laughs> As it is a thing you are currently doing. Right. I, I would hope so. 
<laughs> yeah, but what I'm advocating for is something a little bit in between those two positions that you've talked about. Like, it's not within the org, it's not someone broadly on the left, it's someone who is in a left tendency. Okay. Is, is committed to, you know, some mm. other organization other than yours. So they're a committed anarchist, or they're a committed, committed DSA member, or, or a committed oh, well, Trotskyist. DSA member committed, doesn't mean anything about what tendency you are. Yeah, yeah, or committed, I don't know, uh, uh, Harringtonite, I don't know. Which would which, is, which might go too far. That just sounds unpleasant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But like is a committed something other than yours. Like right. you know, like okay. a Trotskyist Bordeaist. Sorry, <laughs> what? Bordeaist. A Bordeaist? Bordeaist. Posadist. I don't know. Yeah. Posadist, yes. Okay, you know. Anyway. That was weird. Yeah. But so what did, what do you think? I'd love to meet a Posadist. I don't know if it's okay to date them. That <laughs> um, I don't think they exist. Maybe in Latin America? I don't know. No, I mean... What do you think about the topic? Uh, I guess I'm still a little bit like... They're either broadly on the left... No, I'm talking committed to a left org that is not your own. Or a tendency, or a I committed no, adherent of, an, of a leftist ideology that is not yours. I have no experience in that. I only have experience in dating people that were non-affiliated with the tendency mm. that considered themselves on the left, but were actually either centrists or social democrats. Um, <laughs> but I cannot say in any genuineness that I have experience in the other category that you right. were enumerating. Hmm. Well, whether or not you have experience, like from an outside perspective, <laughs> yeah. doesn't sound like a good idea. It seems fine, I theoretically. Yeah, I feel like I'm in kind of a similar boat where I, I don't have a principled objection. I, I, I don't think. I mean, there's certainly nothing wrong with it. I, you know, if it works, it works. I I can see it being kind of fraught. Um, especially if you are, you know, highly engaged politically. Uh, like I, you know, I I'm not of the opinion that you know, quote, sectarian differences in the left are trivial or a result of people being sort of, you know, immature. Yeah, or pointlessly, endlessly debating things that don't matter anymore, any of that crap that some people say. Um, I, I think that these are very, these are most, most of the time, differences in political tendency are rooted in very, very real differences in ideology, in analysis of history, and in analysis of what needs to be done. And you know, it's like you, 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 all, all those things are tied together and they have an, and if you're highly involved politically, that has a big influence on your life. It, it, it'd be akin to if you were a committed member of one religion dating a, a, a committed member of a very different religion, uh, which, I mean, some people do, but I, I can... Or maybe like a Catholic Protestant thing where the, you believe in Jesus, but it's a little different. Like you're, you're, yeah. and you're very baked into your way of thinking about Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I think that's closer than like line. than like a Hindu and a and a Jewish person dating. Like, I think it is more like Catholic Protestant or like. But that would like still that. be a huge deal. Like that would still be. It would like, be. If they were both deal. committed. Yeah, I can see it almost actually being well. That religions are yeah. tricky. It, it's yeah. not. A, it's not a great analogy because religions get tied to ethnicity a lot of the time. So it'd be much more like I, I, I can see that being much more like. But we just each have our thing. We go our own way, and we we do these things that are tied to our identities mm-hmm. and whatever um hmm. versus tied to like direct political action 100 percent of the time i and I, I i guess i would somewhat disagree with what you said preston about it being like 
important to build these connections. Not that it isn't important. It is very important to build these connections. I'm not sure the context of a romantic relationship is a great <laughs> way to go about doing that. <laughs> like, the whole... Uh, that, that just seems... Like, even the way you phrase that, like, you know, it forces you to, like, come to grips with, like, what you really believe because you might not get to have sex later. That's just, like... I mean, it's, it's funny, but it's really fucked up, too. Like... So, yeah, I, I mean, again, I don't have any principled objection. I don't think there's anything, anything really wrong with it. I don't think it has the potential that uh, Preston presented. I think that it's, it's not bad. It's potentially, it's, it's not, like, from what I can say, not the, not the greatest idea, maybe, but also doesn't uh, have the political uh, potential that I think Preston was claiming. So, Preston, are you suggesting that perhaps if we want to bring you know different tendencies together the best way to do that would be through a giant pansexual orgy no 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 no, 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 no. between between all the different multi-tendency orgies yes we can revive the municipal fuck palace yes the municipal fuck palace uh no uh no uh i was just speaking from you know my experience and the experience of others just dating across tendencies. Yes, I think I agree with Jacob's take that it's, you know, I was perhaps inflating its potential as a, a way to build the international class struggle, unless you wanted to class struggle in your bedroom every evening. I mean, if you have a lot of children with this person, <laughs> then maybe. Sp- Start and leftists. Uh, uh, no, I then you just get a bunch of little, like, Buddha judges and Kamala Harris. Oh, God. <laughs> no. That would happen. Historically um, <laughs> speaking. Yeah. But I think, uh, you know, I think I, I Jacob's position makes sense. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just, it is what it is. And I think it's, it's it could be a sign, like as, as what Gabe was saying, it's, you know, you're, it's, it could be, quote, healthy in the sense that people are getting out of their own organization. You know, it's, it's a good, that in that social sense is a good sign, but like, is not in itself necessarily a great idea. Yes, I think it's healthy at a at a in a big picture level, at a social level, but at, a, at an individual level, it's it just it's individual. It depends, right? Uh, but isn't the personal political game? <laughs> no, <laughs> the personal is not political. The personal well, is not personal. <laughs> Polis is the city. It's 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 the group. Anyways, uh, <laughs> that's a that's a. That's a, a subject of another. Yeah. By the way, that was not an actual argument <laughs> that we were making right now. I don't know. That's okay. Whatever. No. Yeah. Yeah. We we will have to discuss whether the person was political at a later date. <laughs> um, but <laughs> okay. Um, so are we going to come to a vote? Yeah. Well, we need to kind of clarify because I'm not sure. Like, I can see. You know all the things I said. Be, like I, I believe all those things I can also see potentially extending critical support to dating outside your tendency as a very critical mm-hmm. caveat emptor yeah heavily, heavily caveated like yeah critical support yeah you know yeah, yeah, it's I, not, yeah. I think that's where I'm at yeah it's not uncritical it's you know it's definitely not uncritical but I, I don't not support it right mm-hmm. I think that's Okay. Critical. Is there, is there a consensus on that? It's critical support. Very critical support. For dating outside your tendency. Okay. So, uh, get, so you better do it. Get it on. Yeah. Dear listeners, <laughs> put that entry in entryism. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. 
We are definitely oh, editing no. that out. No, we're not. <laughs> no, that's, defi- that's definitely going out. That, that needs to be or extracted. Or is it for sure It's staying, staying in. in. God damn it. It's staying in. We are for birth control, not the pull-out method. <laughs> Right, no, we we might remove it from the podcast. I will definitely be posting it on Twitter later tonight. Uh, <laughs> we will not be editing it out of the podcast. Well, we will have to have a democratic debate about that <laughs> after think- we stop recording. <laughs> um, okay, so um, on to our next topic. Um, so you all picked uh, what I am going to generously describe as light topics. Um Mine has serious repercussions for my personal no, we life. All picked, <laughs> we all picked well, light topics. Yeah, we all, yeah. well, yeah, we, we managed to have serious conversations, but so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a slightly more serious one that um, will hopefully not be boring. Critical support for the abolition of zoning. Ooh. Mm. So then this would mean are we talking about like in our current capitalist society? Is this something we should critically support? I mean, so whether, like, how, whether... Like, let's say that yeah. there were city council members or there's a ballot initiative or something yeah. to abolish zoning so that you could build any... any like, in, in our current capitalist society, any developer could build anything. Well, anywhere. that's that's part of the argument, because we're, we're, okay. we're... No, but I'm just critical. making sure we're not talking about, like, a, we're talking like about a future both. socialist no, just, society. Just like with every other topic, we're talking about both. Okay, okay. So, now, mm. later, critical, less critical... How do we feel? I think it would depend on what rides along with it. Because I think in a vacuum, like we just said, you know, Thanos snap, there goes zoning. Um, Then I think that would be bad. I think that would, or at least it it would not be positive. And it could very well be very negative. Because I think what we would see is we would see lots of speculation on lots of lots just kind of everywhere. Um, You would see, you know, a lot of very angry, potentially reactionary NIMBYs kind of coming out of the woodwork without a class force really set to oppose them. You know, just on the basis of abolishing the zoning, right? And Mm -hmm. this is, of course, assuming just some sort of coup d'etat kind of there it goes right right out of the blue i think you would see a lot more people you know reactionary homeowners angry about that than you would see class struggle people moving into class struggle to defend to defend or to defend that slash you know fight for other necessary you know class things right i think the proposal gets at the right aspect of like zoning is a is something of a sideshow to class struggle and i think Zoning ends up being not a distraction, but it ends up there's never a clear strategy on what to do with it. And so zoning is this weird thing that should be, you know, whether or not it's abolished, class struggle is still the thing underpinning housing affordability. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in a vacuum, if you snap and it goes away, it's not good just because of the class forces you would activate or the reactionaries you would activate as well as like the the big capital C capitalists that would just be like, oh, great, we can build anywhere. Let's do that. Um, so I think it depends very heavily on what goes along with abolishing zoning, but I'm not like against abolishing zoning per se. I see. Yeah. Cause I mean, zoning is fundamentally about, uh, the man, it's, it's about managing private development. It's about setting out the parameters under which private development takes place. And so it therefore presumes, uh, the total hegemony of private development. Uh, and I, I feel like abolishing it doesn't necessarily, um, challenge that at all. Even no, though, abolishing zoning in the current 
system that we live in increases the hegemony of private zoning because that's that's the only tool that currently exists to regulate it. So if there's if you abolish zoning with nothing else that happens, you're now just saying private development can do whatever it wants, wherever it wants, and you're having you completely give up the only method of control over private development that currently exists in most places. There's there's a little bit zoning. of in in the Seattle context. There's things that are like design review boards, which would overview. You know that would still exist presumably under this you know snap and it goes away proposal where like when you propose to build something there would still be community input it's just that that what you couldn't build is not bound by you know sm-85 or some shit like that like it's right. it would just be like a, a community oversight but those community oversight boards are heavily dominated by nimbys heavily dominated by real estate architects and developers and stuff so like it's not it's not perfect. Theoretically, those could work as a, as a form of community control, even it, with the absence of zoning. But, like, those would have to be fundamentally reworked, and that's another reason why, like, you could get rid of zoning, but, like, you would have to establish a framework all around that to get right. to, to replace that framework of... Right. But, to be fair, I think the good side of that is that it would replace... It would actually establish what people think zoning... Act, what people think zoning does. People think zoning does things that it actually does not. Like, it, it, it purports to restrain development when it doesn't do that very well um, because, you know, developers can just ask for spot rezones or they can just ask mm -hmm. to, you know, they can just ask and, you know, real estate developers usually get what they want. It turns lots of, you know, control over to reactionary NIMBYs or even, you know, okay NIMBYs, but they're still NIMBYs, right? Like, who don't understand, like, the nature of class struggle at all because mm -hmm. of their class position. And so I, I think zoning is not productive for class struggle, but I think it is sort of like currently like a dam that would totally. should not be broken without another stronger dam. Right. I see. I kind of... Oh, yeah. No, you should go. Sorry. No. Um, I was just going to say I have no op opinion on this subject, and I, um, if, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to take off. So I can go to Trader Joe's before I close. <laughs> <laughs> so we're losing an important member of this podcast to Trader Joe's. <laughs> we're like class Trader Joe's. <laughs> class Trader Joe's. <laughs> uh, wow. I, I don't know. I think we can wrap up this one relatively quickly. Okay. Yeah, what time does Trader Joe's close? It closes um, at 10. It closes in uh, 16 minutes. Oh, wow. I okay. don't think you could make it anyway. It's no, it's 11 minutes from here. <laughs> All I right. Well, looked on Google. Okay. Well, you, we have... Um, is, okay. You, you, fi final, final point. Is, is there any way in which the abolition of zoning would expedite uh, building massive amounts of public housing everywhere? No. I think it could, provided that you abolish the zoning on the basis of class struggle and not on the basis of... Right. So, uh, so wild, wildly changing zoning could would would possibly be part of the fight for public housing. Possibly, maybe. But in and of itself, no. No, not in and of itself. Okay. Because I think what ends up happening is that hey, look, unrestricted land market money, and then right. so all that yeah, public yeah. money does okay. jack. Right. So it sounds like we are not extending our critical support to the abolition of zoning is that uh, i might but things like i might critically support it given that other things are installed around it does that make sense mm. maybe we should let teresa go to class trader joe's <laughs> <laughs> so we can all finish, finish discussing this subject fine. very well fine very well. well get your boot licking shit out of here <laughs> i like how you 
just know how long it takes to get there. I you didn't just know. She didn't look it up. It, I looked it up on Google Maps. Ooh, okay, bye, bye everybody. Guys. Thank you. Goodbye, bye. Teresa. All right. Let us finish discussing zoning. I mean, I feel like we did. Well, yeah, but we can. Sounds like we have a, 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 a abstain vote. Abstention. Yes, well, that means we can't tie, so. We can't yeah. tie. I mean, yeah. That right. is a thing that can happen. So, yeah, going back to your point, yeah, yes, I agree. The abolition of zoning in the present time, as, you know, as class society exists now, uh, would not be productive. However, yeah. it could be possible to take up the cause of the abolition of zoning in the context of a left housing program, a but, left public housing program. But it, but would, it would be, be very, difficult. It, it, it would be a very tangential part of that program. I think it would be important because when it comes to citing where the affordable housing goes, I think a lot of a lot of NIMBYs like to say, oh, we have plenty of zoning capacity. Look along Highway 99. It's like, shit, we don't want to just put poor, you know, like working class people just all along Highway 99. That's literally a car sewer. People would have health problems because of right. building up housing there. We need to equitably, equitably distribute the public housing. So then the challenge becomes like, well, where are we going to put it? And then, of course, the NIMBYs are going to kick and scream. They don't want poor people living near them because, you know, it's against property values for those NIMBYs. It's against, um, you know, their idea of a 60s, you know, era neighborhood. So, you know, multiracial slash, you know, you know, upper class. Um, it's against, you know, it would involve cutting down some trees probably. So there would probably be NIMBYs against it on that those grounds. So, like, right. I think it's not an incidental question. But you're right. It's not like the question. Yeah, it's not a crit. Like if you have the political force to uh, build massive amounts of public housing, uh, changing zoning laws is sort of the least of your problems. Exactly. I kind of think of it to me. It's like um, if someone said, "Should we eliminate sales tax or property tax in Washington?" Like just by itself? No, we shouldn't. If we just if that was just like a a ballot initiative, just that, by itself. And there was just, it was part of some kind of random-ass centrist campaign. Some dude was just like, I'm going to put this on the ballot. Get rid of sales tax in Washington. I think, like, <laughs> I mean, sa like, the sales tax system is fucked up, but it literally funds everything that we have. Like, the limited good stuff we have in this state is funded by sales tax. You know? But if it was, if it was part of an an overall restructuring, yeah, of course. Get the fuck rid of that. Let's make the rich pay for everything, you know? Let's make the corporations mm. pay for everything. But, like, just the question by itself, against it 100%. Right, you know? because okay. there's the chance that when, you know, when, you know, just to run with your analogy, like, when the sales tax gets cut, maybe it forces them to institute a, quote, progressive tax, but then they would just not fund it as much. And yeah. Like, well, yeah, I think they just wouldn't, like, if it was just some... If it was some like Tim Iman thing, oh god, or or even not Tim Iman, like let's say some centrist Dems like got that up on the ballot for some reason, like get rid of sales tax, they the government wouldn't replace it with anything, or at least not nearly enough. Right? They just it would just be they'd replace it with a worse sales. Yeah, or like, just some or some, like a VAT or some shit, or some kind of some kind of tax that maybe is marginally less regressive, doesn't provide nearly as much benefit for our society as. 
as the sales tax as it currently exists. As per, you know what I mean? Right, it's like right. they're not gonna. That isn't gonna cause the change. What would cause the change is a movement that incidentally gets rid of sales tax or incidentally right. gets rid of zoning as part of a bigger okay. picture yeah, I think, thing. I think uh, okay. Gabe slash Jay Inslee has really hit it on the head here. Right. Okay, so we uh, seem to be moving toward a conclusion. I am against critical support for the abolition of zone. How do, how do the other two? How do, how do you two feel? Again, I think it's it, I think if we if we establish abolishing zoning in a vacuum, I'm against I mean, I mean, but if we're just sort of saying it as an overall concept, I actually would critically support it because I think it would be something that's necessary as part of a broad working class movement. But what, but the abolition of zoning is different than rezoning. Changing zoning would be a part of, you know, various working class yeah, struggles that we can okay, imagine. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's Ab- fair the abolition of zoning could be a mechanism to do that, but not necessarily. Yeah, that's fair. It's yeah, not, you know, it's not the only option. You know, there's interesting proposals too of like, you know, maybe you say it's zoned for this thing if it's privately held, but it's zoned for this thing if it's public housing, and that, that would be an interesting concept as well. Right. I don't think that would necessarily be legal. But when was the last time I cared about that? So, um, <laughs> I mean, we're talking about changing the laws. So, yeah, that's <laughs> breaking the law. Breaking the law. It's uh, not breaking the law if you change the law. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, so we're voting on, you know, as a affordable housing policy, abolishing zoning. Yes, I guess no. We're 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 right. voting on critical support for the abolition of zoning. Whatever implications you feel are the most important to draw from that. Mm. Yeah. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna say. No, I don't have critical support for it because I don't want that to be something that Marxists or socialists should talk about or care about as as a serious issue. That should be a side thing that you use to accomplish something else. But it should I don't that's it's a waste of time to like to advocate for that and put that on signs and make that front and center. So I would say okay. I'm a, I don't have critical support for it. Yeah, I was I was waffling, but I think the way that that Gabe put it uh, was really good in that like it's not a thing to fight on it's definitely like no one has ever built a public a, a mass movement on the basis of technocratic zoning right and i think that's become very clear as you know we've seen the yimbys attempt to do something like that even using the language of identity politics and you know rightfully so redlining and all those things are real historical problems uh, mm-hmm. that you know need to be addressed but like the idea that we're going to address racial inequity in housing by like changing the zoning a little bit and allowing big developers or even small developers to come in and suddenly build all this more expensive housing you know without actually like fighting for class struggle like that sounds really far-fetched to me so um yeah i i would not have critical support for the abolition of zoning even if in like you know even if it's conceivable that it could be okay right okay so it seems like we are there's consensus no critical support for the abolition of zoning yes indeed cool Great. The podcast has spoken dear listener adjust your uh convictions accordingly Nobody's ready for days like these Wait till you come up on the smoking back And even then you check Radio home all clean If there were any survivors they fled the scene Bringing the cadaver 
bringing the. Th- 